everybody. Welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC Doctor Fate fan podcast. I am your host, Ed Moore. Now, up front, this is a spoiler podcast, but that's not going to be too big an issue today. If you want to send feedback, you can email the show at thedoctorfatepodcast at gmail.com. Leave comments on the website, bigtimenoise.com slash doctorfate. This is a part of the Comic Book Noise Network, which is a part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Lords of Order also has Facebook and Google Plus pages, and if you decide to twit, tweet, twerk, whatever it's called, you can do that at Teal Productions, and I'll get the message. Today's story comes from More Fun Comics, issue 73, cover dated November 1941, entitled Mr. Who. The script is by Gardner Fox, with acknowledged pencils, inks, and letters by Mr. Howard Sherman. Now we open the story with some cool narration. Armed with a miracle serum, the insidious Mr. Who, sinister lord of the plunder world, strikes out after a fabulous treasure worth a Rajah's ransom, but then emerges the vanguard of the law, Dr. Fate, man of mystery and magic, and uses his great powers to make the criminals pay the price. And the story opens with Dr. Fate swinging into a room in a museum where there are four thugs cutting the paintings out of the frames. Uh, Fate comes in, swinging on a chandelier, drops down and does the uh, Batman boot to the head to all of them, knocking them out. Uh, Several panels of fisticuffs with Dr. Fate uh, being much more... Uh, uh, um, um, what's the word here? Talky, kind of like snarky, like Spider-Man is in, in Marvel. Uh, all of a sudden, Doctor Fate—that—that's the persona that he wants to uh, wants to take on. And we uh, back a couple episodes ago, we went to the half helmet of Fate. So from the nose down, he's exposed. It's just like a, a head cap with the eyes. Uh, so he knocks out all of the thugs but one and chases him out of the museum. Leaving the paintings there, and out of the dark comes Doctor of uh, uh, Mister No, Doctor No. That's my um, James Bond uh, uh, pop culture reference there. I think Mister um, Who, and uh, he was watching. And when the coast was clear, he went out and continued cutting the paintings out of the frames that he wanted. Rolls them up, takes off. We cut back to Doctor Fate, who has. Uh, waylaid that final thug that he was facing, and he does the lifting him up, shaking him, threatening him, you know, typical good guy to bad guy stuff to, to get him to talk, to which he finally does. The thug reveals that the leader of the group is Mr. Who. Dr. Fate jets off saying, well, he has to find this Mr. Who, but in in reality what he does is he moves off outside to the side lets all the thugs congregate get back in the car and go back to their headquarters so that dr fate can follow them flying and he does he follows them all the way back to the lair of mr who we cut inside and we see that mr who is drinking some of his solution z i'm sorry z solution Uh, not to be confused with anything you see on z nation because that's all zombie Z-related stuff. This is um, something else Z-related. I, I don't know why they use the letter Z, because it's mysterious. I, I, I don't know. But he drinks it, 
And the narrator tells us a startling change occurs. No longer is Mr. Who stooped and twisted. Instead, his body is young and powerful, and his face, though evil, is grim and handsome. So apparently, Mr. Who has an evil face. I'm not sure what that entails, but obviously the the narrator told us. And we we have some soliloquy. Quizing, soliloquying, um, whatever the word would be. If there is a word for that, the um, bad guy here is is telling us, you know, more about the solution, more about his plans and his thoughts. The thugs break in, try to make their excuses for why they were unsuccessful. He shoes them away. It says to hang close because even though you're totally inept, I'll probably need you again. And Doctor Fate comes in. Mr. Who was expecting Dr. Fate. That's why he had ingested some of the Z solution because immediately he grows to two to three times the size of Dr. Fate. And when Dr. Fate attacks, he gives him a big thunder punch in the chest, which just does nothing. Grabbing Dr. Fate, he walks him over to the side of the room and he places him in entangling Dr. Fate in a spider web. When we see the giant spider, the giant spider is very interesting to me. First of all, it is um, cherry red, scarlet red, whatever you, a very bright red. It has 11 legs, okay? And it has a, a, a proboscis very much like a mosquito. So I have no idea what kind of spider this is. They just say that it's a spider. I don't know if Mr. No created it. I don't know if it's an alien or from the center of the earth or whatever. But it is unlike any spider I have ever seen. And I have a bachelor's degree in biology. I have seen uh, my share, maybe more than my share of spiders. I've never seen one like this. So Mr. No, um, Mr. No, Mr. Who, sorry, uh, cracks wise, leaves Dr. Fate, uh, entangled in the spider web but before he takes off we see his origin story and he tells dr fate that for years i struggled to earn my living i was derided the butt of boys that doesn't necessarily make sense life was a miserable existence for me but i determined to get even someday I earned money enough to go to college. I studied the sciences. The night I drew extractions from crawfish and insect creatures that adapt themselves to all conditions. If they lose a limb, they can grow a new one. I became strong and tall with my serum. I decided to collect beautiful objects and surround myself with them. I did so, but my spider is almost upon you, so farewell. So it's kind of a stalling kind of thing that he was doing. So he leaves. Dr. Fate, we we have Dr. Fate, as I said, all entangled with this really funky, creepy spider bearing down on him. But we find that by exerting tremendous force of his body, Dr. Fate sends rays of pure force beating outward from him. I, I guess that's to loosen himself from the web because it doesn't seem to have really done much to the spider. Because he tells us, Dr. Fate... I never heard of a spider being strangled by its own net before, but it's never too late to begin. There! So he he must have used the webbing to kill the spider. Uh, He goes after Mr. No by running, Dr. Fate does. Okay, He's running through the, the house here, goes back to the laboratory, finds him gone, but does find some papers indicating that 
Mr. No was, uh, at the very least, interested in the Almond Diamond, which is owned by Haddow, an eccentric billionaire that keeps the jewel on his houseboat in the Hudson River. So I guess that places us in New York, right? Thereabouts, we know that Salem Tower, the the Tower of Fate is outside of Salem, which I assume is Salem, Mass. Um, So he is somewhere close to the Hudson River. He's in a city, so I, I just by extension assume that it's New York City. I could be wrong. If anyone knows otherwise, please let me know. So Fate jumps out the window, flies to the river, presumably. We cut to Mr. No and some of his cronies getting to the big houseboat. The cronies get out on the houseboat, start rummaging around trying to find where this jewel would be. Uh, No sooner do they get there, though, that they encounter Fate, who quickly dispatches a trio of them. Meanwhile, as he did in the museum, Mr. No, Mr. Who, why do I keep trying Mr. No? I'm, I'm sorry. Mr. Who... Um, crawls out from some, you know, back area on the boat, having watched everything, seeing that Dr. Fate is tied up, not literally, of course, goes into the uh, cabin section of the boat and starts rummaging around until he finds the diamond. In doing so, the owner um, hears something, comes out to investigate, and Mr. Who changes his body coloring to the colors of the background, thus theoretically rendering him invisible. Now, uh, that is not the same as being truly invisible, because even though he would be similarly colored as the background, any movement of his would alert somebody that the background is moving, which is obviously wrong. So, why they didn't just say that the Z-serum makes him invisible, I don't know, because that would have been better. But, he he gets away from the owner here, who then goes topside to check out the noises that he heard there, runs into Dr. Fate. Fate fills him in on what has happened. Uh, they go back underneath to go to where the jewel is, and they both find that it's gone. Fate realizes that Mr. Who has been there, uh, runs back out onto the deck, and takes flight. Looking around for anything suspicious, he spies a boat going away from them. Zooms up on the boat where Mr. Who takes some shots at him and finds out that the bullets uh, bounce off of him or go through him or into him and don't hurt him. Something happens. Dr. Fate tells him exactly, you cannot kill me, Mr. Who, and perhaps I cannot kill you. And he lands on the boat, punches a couple times Mr. Who, knocks him for a loop, manages to grab him, picks him up over his head, and slams him down through the boat so that the water gushes up into the boat. And the narrator tells us, but Dr. Fate's strength is so terrific, Mr. Who is hurled right through the planking of the boat, and Fate tells us. And that's the end of Mr. Who. He wanted treasures without paying the price. And then the final panel is the narrator. But Mr. Who was has strange powers. His evil genius may still flame brightly if and when he next appears to plague the world. Will Dr. Fate be there to face him? The end. That's kind of cool. You definitely get a very serial feel out of a lot of the things that the narrator says in these more fun comic stories. 
very much puts me in mind of serials that I have seen that were at movie theaters during this same uh, era. So it, it's a it's a very similar feeling, appealing to the same uh, mentality of the same probably population. So that, that's a kind of cool connection I noticed. Do want to give some shout outs to Van Z. Um, he indicated on Facebook, I enjoy this podcast, have been a Dr. Fate fan for a long time, he says. I also want to give a shout out to Professor Allen on his second episode, or he and Emily's, excuse me, second episode of their Dorkness to Light podcast. He gave a shout out to Lords of Order. I want to return that favor. Uh, Dorkness to Light is... Uh, by extension, a part of Professor and Emily's relatively geeky network. I don't know if they feel that it's exactly a part. It has its own website, its own feed, and everything like that. But uh, Dorkness to Light, the website, tells us that it's dedicated to wrestling with questions of faith, religion, and theology that arise in comic books and other pop media culture. Occasionally irreverent, rarely sacrilegious. Um, they have a Blogspot and they have a Tumblr page, and they do more than just podcasts. They have pictures, they have uh, text pieces, and everything like that. So, really cool stuff. Thank you, Professor Allen and Emily, for the recent shout out for Lords of Order. Next time out, guys, will be more fun comics. The Doctor Fate story from issue seventy-five. We'll talk to you then. Lords of Order is a teal production and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0, unported license.